On today's episode, we'll be starting up our Disbros series. We're going to be looking at different ways that you can save money on your next Disney World vacation. Welcome back to In Between the Magic. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In Between the Magic. We are introducing a new series today. It is called Diz Bros, and the thought behind this one is that I am joined by some of my good friends and indeed my brothers, and we have a couple more brothers that will be joining us here shortly for some of these and future episodes. And this week, I have Diamond Status himself. He's back with us, Mr. Ethan Levine, all the way out in the nation's capital. And we are introducing our good friend, Zach, all the way up in New York. This is Zach's uh, first and a half episode. He recorded a session with Kirsten and some of the rest of us the other night. And none of his audio was recorded, so uh, that couldn't be used. So now he's on here with us tonight. We're going to hang back, relax, talk about some money-saving tips for your next visit to Disney World. And we've each got a couple different things that we're going to be talking about, um, honestly coming from all different areas of ways to save money. And so nothing like throwing him into the fire here. I'm going to have Zach kick us off. One of the biggest ways that we've saved money in the past is by utilizing the military discounts for uh, active and retired service members. And so Zach's going to talk a little bit more about that and get you the information you need to know from there. So without further ado, here comes Zach and his first official episode. Hey guys, good to be here. Uh, first time on the show. I'm excited. However, um, specifically, I am in the military army and uh, have actually used this uh, service to get very reduced ticket rates at Disney. Um, specifically, they have certain packages. So tip for service members, go through the MWR, uh, especially if you're active duty with the MWR building on base. Uh, you can work with any one of their representatives and they, uh, they'll have a process of getting you discount ticket packages to not just Disney World, but uh, you can also do like Universal uh, or they'll have deals with uh, certain companies. It's just a matter of figuring out what they have, and they're oftentimes really reduced rates. So Disney specifically, uh, this year, so we used them um, back in 2017 when we went. I think it was 2017, 2016, 17. Uh, at the time, they offered four- and five-day Park Hopper Pass packages, so you could get a four-day or a five-day pass that was Park Hopper tickets for Disney, at like 40% of what they would normally cost. Uh, now looking again, uh, they now have four, five, and six days. So I don't know when they added the six day, but for this year, uh, you can either do four, five, or six promo tickets. Just to give you an idea, a, a six day park hopper pass is $301 uh, for military, where normally a six day park hopper is going to be Oh, what is that? Let me do that 
math real quick. Um, 534 dollars. So you're basically getting a 230 dollar discount, and that's actually about every four, five, or six day. It all comes to about 230 to 250 dollar discount, uh, which is about 40 percent, 30, 40 percent off of the regular ticket price. So very, very huge discount. Uh, they also have uh, eligible to do discounts for the hotels themselves. The hotels, you won't find it online. I've been looking that you would have to work through an MWR rep specifically um, and have them call down and see what basically deals you can get. Uh, when we did it, I think it was, this is back when Disney had four tiers of their hotel and there was it was a bigger discount. So I think the bottom tier was about a 10% discount. Uh, after that, it was like 15, 20, and then 25 uh, now what that Disney only has three tiers of their hotels. I think it's probably 10 to 20%, maybe 25 for that top tier. Uh, it goes up a little bit more, but obviously you're paying more because they're better hotels and more expensive hotels. Um, but that's just something you would have to call down and ask. Or there's a number on Disney's website that you would call specifically. They don't actually give those discounts or percentages online. So can't, couldn't, I can't tell you what they are. Um, let's see what else do they have for military specific. This isn't just military. Anyone part of the public health service, um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and then also spouses of those members can also um, use these packages as well or these discounts. Uh, you just need a valid mil military ID. There's a couple things, so you can get them through NWR or call Disney directly. They have a number that you can call that you can reserve stuff, uh, work through either one of those. But then caveat, if you are a service member, you or your spouse have to activate them. Um, so you can only get up to six tickets per person or per like active duty, DOD ID, active retired. Um, but you do have to activate them or your spouse. And so you have to be present. You don't actually get the tickets until you go to a uh, booth at uh, one of the ticket booths at one of the parks in Florida. Uh, so you don't actually get your wristband or tickets or they're not actually activated until you yourself have to be there with your valid DOD ID uh, to show the person at the ticket booth. And then they'll activate your tickets there on site and then you go in the park. So that first day, you need to sh uh, you do have to show up and you have to use them. And they usually have, uh, looking through, they usually have stuff where you have to use them uh, within a specific time once they're activated. Uh, although it's usually through the end of the year. So they have dates that they're valid through. Uh, it's like January 1st through... April 5th or something and there's like a two-week block in April where you can't use them It's like a blackout date. That's usually when Disney gets all the spring breakers and it's a busy time So they don't allow uh, you to get discounts for that and then it's basically like April 17th or 20th through December 18th, I think is this year So there's like four weeks out of the year two weeks in April two weeks in December that you can't use these for so you can't use them over Christmas um Otherwise, the rest of the time throughout the year, use them. They're valid for the year. Uh, they just have to be used by that end date. So in this case, December 18th, uh, you just have to use all the days before that. So very, it is, a, it is a good option. It is extremely cheap compared to 
pretty much anything else you're getting. Um, especially if you can combine kind of the uh, room room rate plus the ticket packages. And I, I honestly, I think it's a good deal. We had success doing it when we went a few years ago. So I think one of the cool things with that, the first time that we did it, I remember you and Ethan went off to get them activated. And then when we realized that we had, I, I forget why we had extra days, but we had like two days left over on the tickets by the time I think that we, we got four day passes and only used two of them. And oh, we, I remember. Yeah. There, yeah. Cause we didn't, we didn't do that to begin with. Cause I think I, I don't remember learning. I, about I think it. what it was is we had cast members who we were there as their guests and they were that able to it. main gate us for a couple of days. And then we, uh, but we were on our own for the last yeah. few days. And I, I was actually getting ready to bring that up, too, as, as kind of a shout out to that option, because we had used the first two days. And I'll say this was probably March of that year. And I ended up coming back in December with some friends yeah. and was able to use the last two days. So was was starting to get worried that I was going to have these valuable days expire on me. Right. But then I realized even if I lose two of the four days, it's still pretty much like, I, you know, worst case scenario, I paid full price. Right. And I, I think we looked at that too. I remember I kept the ticket in my wallet even while I was still back at work for the next school year. And I, I think we really wanted to go back over Halloween. We just couldn't couldn't make it work mm-hmm. for those extra two days. But I, I'm glad that Ethan got to do that. But yeah, I think that's, um, you know, if you're active duty or even retired, that's definitely something you should look into. Um, it does get a little tricky, like Zach was saying, making sure that you're the one that has to activate it. So you can't, you know, you can't have a roommate like we did with Zach and then Zach just buy us tickets and not go on the trip. Zach has to physically be the one to go get it for you. So there's there's some safeguards in there. But if you've you've got somebody that, you know, we took Kirsten's uh, parents and they're both active duty. And so that was an easy way for us to do that there, too. So definitely something to check out. And I know. Ethan's got another chunk for us here, and I'll let him talk a little bit about what he's going to grace us with some diamond status information. <laughs> so my contribution as diamond status here is to talk about what your options are if you don't want to stay within the House of Mouse when you're out there for vacation. So as for those of you who heard the story about where I got the nickname Diamond Status, um, as a traveling management consultant, I naturally racked up a, a large sum of, of flight and hotel points. So I don't know if I ever actually paid out of pocket for uh, accommodations for any of our Disney trips. Um, but what I was able to do for a lot of those is leverage the, the war chest of points that I had built up and just get us, you know, room packages at these uh, resorts and hotels near the property or, you know, either on property or right next door to the property. Um, you know, it was obviously, it was one of the major hotel chains and don't need to be name dropping a brand that is not yet sponsoring this show, but, you know, maybe one day they'll, they'll pony up for that. (laughs) But so we, we did stay at one of the major hotel brands and we, we did it kind of a number of different ways. So obviously there's, uh, the most obvious one is just cash in points at any one of the, you know, low to mid-tier properties or brands within that uh, that hotel chain. And, you know, my, my thought here is we're going to Disney not for the room but for the park. So why spend any more than you need to on the room as long as it's got running water, both cold and hot, 
um, and you've got you know at least one pillow per head that you're putting in the room, that's really all I'm looking for. Free breakfast is always a plus. Um, but anything outside of that, you know, wasn't too concerned, so was able to stretch the the points balance to go quite a long way. And actually, to this day, I have yet to to uh, tap that keg. It's it's still flowing whenever I need it. Obviously, in this environment, not using it a whole lot, but that just goes to show that you know you don't always have to stay on brand when you want to go. If you know you're not looking for that enhanced experience that you get from staying on a, a property resort, then that's just more cash in your pocket to spend on Dole Whips. And I know that, especially with it being in downtown Orlando, there are a a metric amount of hotels available to you to choose from. Um, and so if you have any type of hotel reward points, the odds are you're going to be able to find a hotel that will accept those. And a lot of those are going to have shuttles set up at least somewhat to the parks. And if they don't, worst case scenario, obviously it might be different now in the world of a pandemic, but we could Uber or Lyft our entire group over to the park for a couple bucks a person, basically. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if you, if you know that you're off property, you can set up Ubers. And once you're on property, you can use all of the transportation there. So you really just have to worry about getting yourselves over to property in the morning and then getting yourself back in the in the evening. So you can look at that and definitely save a lot of money, especially if you've got points built up. And I know that kind of in conjunction with what Ethan was saying, he brought up the fact that there's there's a mindset that your hotel, when you, know, when you go to Disney, how often are you actually in the hotel? Yes, you can argue that it's part of the whole experience, but also when it comes down to it yeah it's a place to shower maybe eat some snacks and take a take a nap for the day kind of a thing so if you're not too concerned about what your hotel is that's absolutely a good way to do it and i know that there there's a chunk of good neighbor hotels that are still associated with disney property um and a lot of those are over by the disney springs area and we ended up doing a trip over the summer, we stayed at the Best Western there. We found, you know, it was in the middle of the summer. We just decided to pack up and go. So we found $60 a night is what it was at the Best Western. And it was within walking distance of Disney Springs. And so we we checked in, we slept, we got our meal ticket. They gave us a meal ticket because we checked in so late. They just gave us a free meal ticket. So we were only there for two days. So we got a free Mickey waffle the next day, which was nice. Um, so, you know, $60 a night compared to 150 up to $400 a night at some of the main property hotels, that's going to save you a whole lot of money. Uh, I feel like Ethan was going to say something, so I'll let him jump in. So I, I wanted to share a story because you brought up the point of Ubering or lifting around to, to the different parks, and that is certainly an option. Ryan, what have you seen as far as the the quality of the integration with Uber and other rideshare services into the parks? Is it pretty streamlined? It's gotten significantly better since the first time that we started to do this because this was, what, was it 2017 or 20, even 2016 think, when we did that? I think 2016 was when mm-hmm. we went with okay. Ethan and then you didn't go with us on the 2017 trip. Yeah, That's so... Right. 
so 2016 you know that that was almost a, a long time ago now and that's oh, when four years ago <laughs> that's when rideshare kind of was first becoming a thing and i remember it was kind of a hot mess it was just a big i remember us trying to leave i think it was hollywood studios and it was just a madhouse trying to get out of that parking lot but now most places have a rideshare drop off and pick off designated point and so it's very streamlined to where you can you're this is where you have to go i know specifically if i'm at this park this is where i'm going to go to pick get picked up kind of like at the airport when you get dropped off they've got that throughway so as far as that it's gotten significantly i I, I would actually argue that most airports haven't figured this out yet especially my local airport (laughs) it's absolutely atrocious in dc it is so at, at national airport especially in the southwest terminal getting an uber pickup is disgustingly frustrating that's kind of surprising I can have the greatest vacation of my life and come home and have it ruined in the last 45 minutes <laughs> waiting for an Uber to find their way from the cell phone lot to the the one lane that they have available for pickups Yikes. by Terminal A. Yeah, but overall, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd say it's gotten a lot better and it's really nice. I know um, even to some of the apps, so like we, we scheduled our our ride to the airport ahead of time with uh, Lyft. If they're looking to sponsor any future episodes, you can hit us up. Um, but yeah, we, we were able to get Lyft. It just, it was the cheaper rate that was offered. And so I, I scheduled it like two days in advance. I got on, I said I needed a ride from the Best Western to the um, Orlando International Airport at five in the morning. And I got a notification saying your ride was confirmed. We woke up that morning. The guy was there right at five o'clock. Took us to the airport. So, I think the overall thought. I think Disney has embraced the function of rideshare. I mean, clearly when they when they build their own traffic lane for it, it's you can tell that they want this to be something. And then on top of that, if you want to pay more money, I know this is an episode of saving money, uh, but they did create their minivan service, which is their own rideshare that functions through lyft it is more expensive but it's it's run by the disney property and they're designed to look like little Minnie mouse fans so i think i think they're fully embracing the rideshare aspect of things which really helps if you're off property and the real question there is just how much is a pun worth to you is it worth no it's never worth it we we looked at it on the honeymoon (laughs) we we on the honeymoon we looked at trying to go from one of the hotels to one of the ho- somewhere where you couldn't just take a bus right to it and so we looked at doing just the minivan to save some time i think we were coming back from the water park and wanted to go to lunch or something like that so rather than go to a spot and transfer we just wanted to go straight there and it would have been like 30 or 40 bucks just to use it compared to a $5 uber or just waiting the extra 20 minutes for the bus to take us there. So, if Will the Disney timeshare, like rideshare thing, whatever, will they go off property? Or like, do they have a radius they have to stay within? They, they'll they take you anywhere on property. They do take you to the airport. But if I remember the number right, it was like $145 to get you to the Whoa. airport. And we took our lift to the airport for $40 for two people. So... 
Um, Disney gets their money. They do. And that goes back to Ethan's question. How much are you willing to pay for that pun? And I'll tell you, <laughs> not that much. Not but, that much. But they're cute to look so at. By, <laughs> it, it, and it's free to look at other people spend their money on mm-hmm. their minivans. Mm-hmm. So by contrast, the fiance and I went to Orlando around Christmas time last year. And we ended up doing a universal trip this time because we just we hadn't done it in a while. And her whole family wanted to go. So we went and had a great time. The way that they do ride share at Universal is comical. So they have this massive parking garage, which of course is not full because it's Universal. So they have just roped off the entire top floor. And that is where they do their ride share pickup. And you'd think they would do something sensible like... You know, it's it's a big rectangle, so have them drive around the side and then just have a lane right up against the sidewalk where people would, you know, get in line and the cars would be in a line and you'd get in. No, they have, they've used maybe 30% of the, the ground space available and they've built three very tall U-shaped lanes that the cars have to come in and they're color-coded. So it's like the red lane, the green lane, and the blue lane. Um, if I remember correctly, in the Lyft app, it'll tell you which color lane you're being picked up at. Actually, no, it's the exact opposite because that makes too much sense. The app itself does not tell you what color lane it is. There is some poor employee that just stands at the top of the ramp where these cars have driven up like four or five levels in this parking garage to get to the, the roof level. And then an employee just points at one of the color lanes for them to go into. And then the driver is supposed to text you which color lane that they're in. If they don't do that, or if you don't know to ask, like we didn't because it was our first time doing this at Universal, you'll just be completely lost up a creek and have no idea where your driver is, where you're supposed to go. And it's much like trying to get a lift from Terminal A at National Airport at 11.45 p.m. on a Sunday night. (laughs) I just want to go home, darn it. I don't know where my car is. (laughs) Moral of the story, Disney has embraced. Disney has embraced rideshare, whereas Universal is still trying to figure afterthought. everything else out. Very yeah. much an afterthought. So I know we've kind of got gotten off of our saving money topic here, and that's okay. That's what we do. We're, we're just here to hang out and enjoy our company and give you some tidbits along the way. Are there any other things that have popped into our mind that we can share about different ways of saving money? I would yes. say look at... Yeah, well, yes. I would say look at the meal plan because if you stay off property, then there's a lot of stuff that you don't get that you do by staying on property. So now, what the value of that is to you is up for debate, and how much, how you know, how much are you saving by staying off property versus on, uh, especially time wise. But uh, like, if you stay off property in a not partner hotel, you can't get a Disney meal plan. Is that still a thing? That was that was a while ago. Uh, and so the meal plan definitely saves a lot if you want to eat at all the Disney restaurants. And if you just want to go cheap, get snacks, like go quick service, then you really don't need a meal plan. But I know that if you really want to do sit-down dinners, the cost of a meal plan for one day, like the average cost for one day, you can knock that out at dinner. And you still have a lunch and uh, like snacks and other stuff that you can do throughout the day. Like it... it it does end up saving you, what, 40, 50 bucks a day? If you do depending it right, yeah. on, Yeah, depending on where you eat and where you go. Um, 
even conservative estimate, like you're you're saving probably twenty bucks a day to, if you're eating on Disney properties. So something to think about now, like what the actual cost is between food, like food and your room versus Disney property plus meal plan. So Ethan, you had another one. I want to talk about the option where the hotel pays you to come stay for four days. One might Disney. One might call How do this I sign up? a timeshare pitch. I think is that what we're getting at here? <laughs> that that is what it ends up being, but that's not what they tell you when they make you the offer. Oh. So at, at, as a top tier elite with one of these major international hotel brands, um, when you call in to you know, pretty much do anything. They always ask you at the end of the call, sir, do you have, you know, five minutes? We'd like to talk to you about a special offer. And if you, even just for listening, we'll give you X number of, of free points to add to your, your pile over there. And of course, I always say yes, because I've got five minutes and I want to know what the offer is. And more often than not, it's going to be a timeshare trip. And for the basically booking fee of like, what was it, like $111 when we went to Orlando, we got, I think it was three or four nights at one of their massive resort properties there in the nicest room that we have ever stayed in. And all we had to do was like on day two, go sit in one of these presentations for a couple of hours. And if you've done it once, you've done it a thousand times, you just keep telling them no until they get tired of you and hand you your free gift certificates and leave. So for the low price of $111, we walked out of the room with two less hours of our vacation, but we had in hand a certificate for $200 off a night at one of their hotels, which I used like the next month. Um, I think one time I did one of these, I got a free four night cruise to the Caribbean which my fiance and I went on last spring. Nice. And you just rack up all the free stuff. And, you know, I, <laughs> I know what my time is worth, and it's worth a free cruise. <laughs> right. and four nights in a resort for $111. You, if you go in knowing it's going to take three hours, that's one. Like, we went in thinking that it would be like an hour-long presentation, and then three hours later we're walking out and just didn't plan for that. So it was more annoying at the time, but like, if you know, okay, this is going to be three hours of my life, then yeah. Uh, what was it? Two or three nights stay for 120 bucks total, basically mm -hmm. like per person. Cause there were four of us. Like, I think we each paid like 25 bucks for three mm -hmm. nights or something. Like it was, it was by far the cheapest expense of the trip. And yeah. the, I am not the target audience for these timeshare pitches because they, there's nothing that they can offer me that I didn't already have when I sat down in the negotiating table. Because essentially the way these packages work is you're not buying a specific room at a specific property. You're just buying a bucket of points that renews every year. And much like normal hotel points, you cash them in for X number of nights at their special timeshare properties around the country or around the world. So whenever they sit down at the table, like, sir, would you like to spend, you know, $380,000 on a bucket of, you know, 40,000 points a year? I go, no. And they go, but why ever not? This is an amazing deal. And I pull out my phone and open up the app and say, how, how many numbers do you see in this point balance? And they say, seven. I said, <laughs> you're going to offer me 40,000 points to pad the million and a half I brought to the table. 
and you want me to pay you the price of a mortgage for that. <laughs> no, I think we're done here. Have a nice day. You see, what was good about that at the time was that I was like, well, I think all the rest of us were still in college. Ryan, Chris, and I oh, were yeah. all still in college. You were the only one with the job, so they were only talking to you. Like we just sat. <laughs> I was going to say you, you could tell really quick that they just tuned ninety-five percent of the group out as soon as we walked <laughs> in the door, and they saw Ethan, and they were like, "There's our Mark. That's our guy." But jokes on them. He already had their number. <laughs> well, and their offers keep getting like more and more desperate, and it, this is fantastic. And the experience is the same every time you go no matter which company it is, and I've done it with multiple companies. I even did one locally in D.C. just to get a free cruise. And that one ended <laughs> up being four hours, but fine, whatever. They, they start off with the, you know, oh, yeah, just take out a second mortgage and, you know, give us a quarter million dollars or whatever it is for, you know, 40,000 points a year. And they'll say, well, if that's too much money, what if we do a starter package of you just give us... $10,000 for the first year. If you like it, keep it. We'll, you know, we'll come up to the full price later on, but that allows you to dip your toes in and just taste, you know, taste test it. Still not interested in dropping, you know, 10 G's for four nights in a hotel. I don't for know what I'm tasting for That's 10 not G's. I signed up for. <laughs> I don't know what I'm tasting for 10 G's, but I'll, I'll tell you this unless it's just a pure gold apple, I don't know if it's going to taste good. Mm -hmm. But there's even a quote-unquote better closing deal after that because they'll come in and they'll bring in their their ringer and they'll just say, give us $1,000 and we'll give you 50,000 points. And you that's, that's good for like a year, like four or five trips. And so, Still didn't come here to spend $1,000. No, thank you. And eventually they'll just... and. This the script flips so abruptly because they're trying so hard to be nice to you and to keep you in a good mood and to just get that wallet open ever so slightly. And once they run out of ringers, it's like, all right, here's your stuff. Get out. Makes space. That's for when you know the game is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, the lady that was their closer, because I think it was a guy that was with us for all of it. And then like the mm -hmm. last deal, they switched and brought someone else out. And she got very, she kind of had an attitude with us, or really with you. Like, she didn't even talk to the rest of us. <laughs> I think she realized fully that we were just there to get some free stuff. And it, it I mean, apparently irked her. You know, whatever. That can't be the first time that's happened to her. And it won't like, be the and last if they're going to offer, what do they expect? <laughs> but, but the property was nice. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, timeshare, if I had an extra, you know, 100 grand to throw at something, Maybe, I don't know. If I had a but see, you can buy timeshares on eBay for a dollar because people don't want them anymore, and they can't pay the thousand dollar maintenance fee every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So if you really want one, buy it on eBay for a dollar, use it for as long as you want, and then give it away for free. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's better. It. Sell it at cost if yeah. you have to. <laughs> I've got two more suggestions, Ethan. If you were done with your, uh, if you were done pitching us your timeshare pitch, I'm done pitching pitches. Okay, um, then I'll uh, I'll hit some pitches here. Uh, two things came to mind. One, uh, we've talked about it, but we haven't really said it out loud. We we always split our rooms between 
everybody that we could fit into the room. Um, so, you know, when we, when we go with Ethan, if we've got four different people in the room, we're splitting the room cost four ways. When we went, uh, one of our trips, we took, I think we squeezed six grown college men into the art of animation Lion King suite, and we split that room six different ways. And so it was like a clown car. Yeah. So if, if you're doing a trip with people that aren't, you know, at this point, if I take my wife, it's our money. We're not, there's no need to split the cost because our bank account is the same. But if the three of us went, we could split it three different ways and you're saving money yourself because your your cost goes from three fifty a night at a room to uh, you know, a hundred and fifteen or whatever that breaks down to be. So you, you save a little bit of money there. So that's an easy one if you're going with uh, groups or other people to do. And the second one, Zach brought it up with the meal plan. Kirsten and I found a nice way to be able to experience the dining of Disney without paying for the dining of Disney. Uh, it's absolutely okay and easy to do if you have a specific restaurant to go to. If you just go in and get one appetizer and an entree and split it between some people or if you even want to just get a couple appetizers. So I know that there was one specific new restaurant. I really wanted to go to Sebastian's over at the beach club, not beach club, sorry, at um, Caribbean beach. And the, the menu looked good, but we weren't super intrigued with it. So we just got three appetizers and two beverages. We got, um, we that is what we we just got three different appetizers. Each of us picked our own appetizer, and then we picked one thing to share. We you know so we got bread to share, and then I got some chicken wings, and she got a crab cake, and it was like fifty bucks for three appetizers and two drinks, compared to if you got two entrees, your dessert, and all that other stuff to where it breaks down to you know if if you got the meal plan between the both of you, you're looking at. If you're getting the the standard one with the dining, sit-down restaurants, you're looking at $80 a day. So if our dinner was $50 and we split a hot dog and some um, chicken strips at lunch and we're, you know, we're sitting under $100 a day in food, we just saved $100 on food there. So that's an easy way that you can get the experience of some of these restaurants and taste some of these cuisines that they have without having to pay all kinds of money for it. So just another, another little tidbit to throw into that. Yeah. The quick service meals are typically like, well, always a lot cheaper and they're actually pretty good and can be decently sized too. So, I mean, you can split those or get a little bit bigger quick service and then split it between two people and save it and save a bunch because they're usually 15 20 bucks for a quick service meal yeah which honestly is about what you pay at almost most restaurants so yeah and if you're not so if you're not trying to just stuff yourself full you can easily split lunch and dinner with somebody and save all kinds of money there and then just get you you can't save money on snacks because you just got to buy the snacks i mean why am I not going to buy 47 Dole Whips on my vacation? Why am I not going to buy 27 Churros? You, it's, you're going to do it. It's fine. It is what it is. Okay, gentlemen, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you for bringing all of your information 
to our listening audience. Hopefully you guys can take some tips with you and save some money along the way. Just a reminder for everybody to check out our blog over at inbetweenthemagic.weebly.com. Weebly is W-E-E-B-L-Y. And also check us out on our new Instagram feed. You can search for us at IBTM underscore blog. We're having some fun over there posting lots of pictures, a couple poll questions and things like that. So if you're on Instagram, give us a follow and check it out. Thanks for hanging out with the bros this week, and we'll see you real soon.